Hello, my name is Katherine Moore, social worker, mom, coffee lover, and founder of Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. I'm so excited you found my podcast. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We will hear the stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Hey, it's Catherine here. Have you ever considered what an LCSW with a master's in business can do? I don't know if I'm the only one, but the idea of having ethical people within business, making money, controlling the money, and where it goes really gets me fired up. So that's why I'm so excited that this week we speak with Alicia Dominguez, who is an LCSW and just graduated with her master's in business administration, her MBA. She shares about how she decided to pursue her MBA, what what was the process like, and how business actually has so many similarities that overlap with social work. And she even gives specific details on how to translate your social work skills into the business setting in case you've ever considered making the transition out of social work into a different field. Um, I have no judgment there. <laughs> I know that I even considered too. So um, I want to give you all of your options, give you all of the knowledge that you might need to be successful, to be happy, and to keep making impact. So with that, let's hop right into it. Hi, Alicia. Hi. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Welcome to the Social Workers Rise podcast. I'm excited. Yes, thank you so much for inviting me uh, to join you. I love the name of it and the purpose of it is just great. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. I um, I actually started it about a year ago and it kind of evolved over time to where now I really love hearing stories from social workers who are doing non-traditional, non-traditional social work roles or jobs or, you know, yeah. just um, areas in general, because the field is so diverse. And I think that a lot of times in grad school, they make it sound like we can really only work in, in the nonprofit world or right. like with, with the county or in a hospital. That's right. Yep. But there's so many different ways that we can use our skills in in different areas. So so we really don't need to feel like we're stuck in one job or mm-hmm. or like we need to be burnt out in this particular industry to be like quote a, a good social worker, whatever that means. But yeah, right, <laughs> right, exactly. So when I saw you on LinkedIn, I was like, no way <laughs> is she an LCSW with a business. Yes. That is amazing. Congratulations, by the way, you graduated this year, right? I will be graduating in June. So I've just got a little bit more to go. But yes, uh, the journey is ending. Ah, so exciting. Yeah, thank you. 
So tell me about your experience as a social worker. What are, what's your background like? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I graduated from USC um, in 2013 and um, I thought the same thing. I had to be in kind of the nonprofit world or the public sector. Um, so I did that, but I was really focused on clinical work because I wanted my license. And um, unfortunately they put so much weight hours wise in, in direct clinical practice. Um, but it was great. I, I enjoyed it. I loved seeing clients. Um, I dabbled in a lot of different agencies, um, seeing all kinds of ages and populations. So I really stretched myself out um, to really see where my niche might be. Um, and so it took me through to um, the county uh, and I was working at the, the county of Orange um, when I saw the MBA opportunity, it sounded like they wanted county workers to um, apply for their MBA uh, through UC Irvine. And so that kind of piqued my interest in it. And I went for it. Wow, that's amazing. So what, first, what has the program been like for you? Uh, the MBA program has been quite interesting. Um, as far as like learning about business, uh, it's definitely a focus on uh, the corporate sector, of course, and um, but it's it's super interesting to get case studies about companies, and so that to me reminded me of my um, social work education when we were giving case studies about a client or families, um, whatever the case was, and so it really triggered that um, assessment part of it, um, and so that I I just tried to find that natural flow. Um, there were some things that, of course, are totally different um, that I really had to study really hard to get through and a lot of the financial stuff and um, more of those business specific um, things. But overall, I was able to find what skills I already knew and how to transfer them um, to apply my education to understand it better. Um, so that was really eye opening. That sounds fascinating because Okay, a little self-disclosure. My listeners don't know this about me. Um, I've given a lot of thought to going back to school for my MBA, but then I get flashbacks to my bachelor's education where statistics was like <laughs> a struggle. And I'm like, there is no way I can do an MBA if I struggled that hard with like basic, basic yep. statistics. So... <laughs> Is that a legitimate fear that I have, or do you think that I could probably get over it? I'm going to validate that 100% because okay. I, I always joke. I, it's not a great joke, but I always joke. Um, I'm a social worker. I don't do math. Like, right? I, I just don't <laughs> think that way. I'm very much, uh, you know, more qualitative and like feelings and, you know, subjective things, not yes. so concrete numbers and it just throws me for a loop. Um, but yeah, it's still absolutely possible. And I don't know if um, all MBA programs are the same, but my experience at, at UC Irvine is that you're doing your classes in groups. You're, you're put into groups um, and you stay with that group, at least for the, the quarter. Um, and so they try to mix it up. So you, you're with people who have different backgrounds and different strengths. And so sometimes in those classes, you really lean on those people that are just financially minded, right? Like the accountant or something 
that is, this is what they do and that they're comfortable. And so you rely on them to pull you through that, you know, so it's not totally hundred percent. You have to do it on your own. And that's how it is in, in business, in real life, you have a team of people and you rely on your team um, for their specialty. Um, so you need to know enough to be able to have a conversation about it. Right. Um, but at least you have someone to lean on and it's not hundred percent on you to get it all. Okay. That makes me feel better. Thank you, Alicia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's really, really interesting that they have you do group work, which yeah. makes sense. I remember I hated group work yeah. college, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's the real world. I mean, yes. Oft- oftentimes, unless you're an entrepreneur, but even then you have your, you likely will have a team at some point if mm-hmm. you are a business owner. So it's all about working in teams. Yeah. Um, how was that working in the group? process in this new sort of like environment and new, you know, new information. I absolutely, absolutely loved it. Um, So the specific program I was in is the fully employed MBA program. So it's part-time. I did the hybrid option. So it's partly online, partly in person when it was in person. Um, And so we all knew that we all worked and we all worked in different fields and have different backgrounds. And so the um, engagement and the level of collaboration was incredible. Um, I really, really appreciate it. it. It totally was a different feel from my MSW and being in group work and doing that. Because um, I think we're all doing the same thing and um, have expectations for each other uh, all on the same level. But here in the MBA, I had no expectations for someone else because they had a totally different background than I did. And so mm-hmm. I came in only saying what, what I knew what I could do well. And they relied on that. They're like, great, you can handle that. You take that. And this person takes that. And we were a team. And so it really fostered that collaboration more than kind of a competition, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. So what now, what do you want to do with your MBA? When- um, I feel like so many doors have opened, so many opportunities. Um, I change my mind all the time, but um, it's great to know that there's so much flexibility. Um, and this is something that drew me to my MSW in the first place was because it's so versatile. Uh, but now adding the MBA, it's like I could either, you know, kind of pursue the healthcare field um, and staying in something that I'm really familiar with, or I could totally change directions um, and do strategy or do consulting um, and still use the same skills. Uh, So there's so many opportunities out there and preparing for my graduation, I'm just looking at all of them and just seeing what life has for me next. That is so exciting. Mm -hmm. Happy for you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. That's really cool. So I'm wondering what what skills do you see as an overlap between social work and business? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's a play on words is what I'm learning. So um, there's certain terms that we use in social work um, and in the public sector that uh, they mean the same things, but in different terms in the business world and corporate sector. So I have some of them jotted down. Like, um, for example, assessment, right? We're always talking about biopsychosocial assessments. Um, and that looks like 
analysis to the, the private sector. So when they talk about industry analysis, firm analysis, it's the same thing as conducting an assessment uh, for an individual or for community. Uh, we just call it assessment. Um, when we talk about functioning, you know, improving someone's functioning in terms of a business and improving a business, we're trying to improve their operations, right? How things get done, um, what their goals are, um, so that's like a play on words. We, we say functioning, they say operations. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there's like multidisciplinary. We work within multidisciplinary teams, teachers, professors, psychiatrists, and that's all part of agency. Um, in uh, the private sector, um, they call it cross-functional communication. So you need to know how to work with marketing, with sales, with IT. And if you have those communication skills from social work, it's easily transferable over to um, the private sector. Um, treatment planning to me is like strategic planning, right? You have some goals, your objectives, how are you going to get there? What's some creative spin on it? Um, and then there's like the strengths based perspective like if you're treating your clients with a strengths-based approach um, you're for the business you're looking at their values and capabilities what are the strengths of a company um, and so it's easily applicable in that sense um, i believe therapy in general doing therapy and clinical work is all change management so when you hear change management in the in the private sector it's about moving businesses along and changing with the environment. I, that's exactly what we do. It's just a smaller scale, right? We're talking about micro versus macro. Um, so it's totally transferable into the business sector. Um, overall, I feel like we specialize in people, right? As social workers, whether it's mm. their behavior, their emotions, their environment. And what I've come to learn is that businesses are made up of people their customers, their employees, their managers. So we just bring this natural uh, quality of working with people and that's very valuable to a business. Wow, that is gold. Thank you <laughs> for, for sharing that because yeah. I just talked to so many social workers who feel stuck in yeah. their job roles and they just don't know what else they could do but now with this list it's it makes it more accessible to be able to read than a job posting and yes and see these terms and be like oh I could I could definitely do that <laughs> right right yeah I I was in the same place all I could see was and even writing my resume in the past all I could see was Every place, like, did therapy, did therapy, you know, just group mm -hmm. therapy, you know, family therapy. But there's so much more um, that goes into that. Uh, I think we're we're kind of maybe jaded because we're in it all the time, and we know that's what that's what we know. But other people don't have those skills, right? And how you manage a client's progress or how you manage group therapy and facilitation is so valuable outside of our little social work bubble that other people don't have those skills. And so we have to really promote that um, and showcase why it's valuable. Definitely. Some terms that kind of popped in my mind when you were talking is solution focus, because I do solution focused mm -hmm. short therapy, yeah. which would be 
I don't know what solution focus problem solving. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. That's yeah. And then the other kind of thing that I was also thinking is that, you know, working in groups in business, there's a lot of different personalities Mm -hmm. and a lot of different conflicts, which we are very good at conflict management. Exactly. Yes. Would that be another skill that we could maybe that would be worth mentioning or highlighting? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. You can say with, you know, in business, you could work um, for a company in terms of helping them with their customers or something more internal and helping them with their employees. Right. And so um, like something like conflict management is is critical in making sure that there's good managers and employee relationships, how to address um, conflict, how to address change when a CEO changes. Um, So all of that is sometimes they'll call in consultants for that. And sometimes they have internal consultants. Um, And that's definitely something that is uh, transferable and that you could do within a company. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other, the other job description I've seen a lot is um, diversity and cultural management or inclusion or something. Mm -hmm. Do you, what, what is that about? What, what would that person do? Do you have any insight on that? The diversity and inclusion, I've seen that too in equity. Um, I think this is a, a new push to make sure that businesses are being fair and being, um, have like a, dyna- a culturally diverse workforce. Um, and so I haven't seen exactly um, different types of uh, like specific jobs for it. I mean, I've seen the listings, but nothing, it's kind of broad. Um, and I think our work in social work and working with diverse populations is incredibly valuable to that. I think that's uh, ex- almost exactly what we do. Um, it's just understanding what that looks like in terms of policies within a company, right? Hiring, firing, um, any any uh, benefits that they have laid out. So it's understanding how that overlaps to making sure that they're um, following their plan to be diverse and inclusive um, and treating everybody equally. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Well, thank you for answering that. Yeah. Um, And my other question too. So um, last week, I, you know, if you go back and listen to the episode last week, you will hear me speak with Tiffany about, um, you know, being an entrepreneur and expanding on your skills. So this question trailing off of that conversation that that you can go back and listen to but mm-hmm. um, if we are starting our own business right if we want to be business owners or start a side hustle is there a way that we could maybe tap into the business world to partner or to bring in some sort of um some some dollars let's be honest yeah. <laughs> bring some money that we can use for marketing or for growing or for starting our business is there any way that we could we could do that or any tips that you might have for us yeah absolutely um i also started my um private practice in 2018 and i learned through that process as well as far as like marketing and um how to get out there and how to kind of differentiate differentiate yourself right Um, So some advice I would have, um, one is to partner with other clinicians. Um, I'm a huge believer in not seeing other clinicians as the competition. 
because we all max out our caseload, right? And we all mm-hmm. need someone to refer to. Um, and um, there's there's a, a huge value in that partnership. Um, I did an industry analysis on private practices among social workers, LMFTs, and uh, psycho- psychologists. And it's so fragmented um, and no one suffers from that except the client, right? So I think we all would benefit um, from having a more cohesive um, industry where we know who to rely on, who's who's specializing in XYZ, how to refer them to that person. Um, so I would really advocate for a partnership with other clinicians. Um, differentiating yourself would be another tip. Looking for in that process, looking for the gaps. Um, so when I started my private practice, I had a, a huge passion for substance use treatment, um, but I knew there was a lot already for the individual who was struggling with substance use. What I had trouble finding was help for those family members, like they mm-hmm. were the ones left without the treatment, mm-hmm. right? So that was a gap that I saw I could fill and say, okay, I'm going to focus on the spouses, parents, children of people who are in recovery or struggling with recovery or whatever the case is. So I would encourage clinicians to look for the gaps. Um, Right now, there's a growing movement of social enterprises and social impact in the private sector. So you you might hear more of this, um, you know, where companies are looking to give back to their community or increase awareness of mental health, whether it's within their um, employees or externally into the community. Um, So that's, I think, a huge opportunity for uh, private practice clinicians to jump on. It's like thinking about your ideal client. Who's your ideal client and what businesses are they interacting with? Um, And then go after those businesses and say, hey, um, I know your customers, you know, and I can help with this or um, show them the value that you bring um, in treating their customers so that they continue to have customers. And I think that's a really creative way to start building partnerships and potentially sponsorships with businesses. Oh, yeah, those are really good tips. And for the last part, you're essentially creating your own job, like saying, do this for you. Um, That's really good. And I want to go back to like a huge bomb that you dropped and you kind of brushed over it (laughs) about you did some, what was it, market research about private practice with LCSWs, LMFT. What is that about? Tell me about yes, that. Yes, yes. I Well, with the group practice I work for now, um, uh, we wanted to understand the, the industry. So I went ahead and researched that, um, and I found that it's a fragmented industry, which means that there's a lot of sole proprietorships, right? There's a lot of little practices and some big practices. Um, and no one has, um, there's no one agency or company that has more than 5% of the market share. Um, so that means there's, you know, it's kind of easy to get into, right? There's not a whole lot of rivalry or um, there's a lot of choice for the customer. But along with that is the difficulty right now the client has in finding someone who is available, um, taking new clients and treats what they need specifically. Um, so that's a huge gap right now in our industry is helping them make that link um, and making it more accessible or know where to go, right? There's, we just have private practices all over and all different corners and 
still clients don't know where to go or who to talk to or how to locate them. Um, but that's what I found out in my, in my industry analysis. Oh, that's fascinating. And that makes sense. Um, and I have heard stories from people where <clears throat> they branch out and they say therapist and it didn't work and mm-hmm. give up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's, it, it breaks my heart because yeah. I know how diverse our, um, our cohort of fellow therapists are. I mean, right. you can find somebody in, in any language, in any niche that you want, um, you know, anywhere from addictions mm-hmm. to sex therapy to counseling, marriage, you know, yeah. so many different areas that I'm like, oh, don't give up. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's why I think that partnership is so critical because we, we would benefit the client more so if we had a tighter partnership with each other, right? Like yeah. I'll specialize in substance use and you might do um, something else, some like marriage family therapy or something and um and they need help with their kids and so we can coordinate right and say like here here's a listing of three other professionals that I know of that are open right now that are take that take your insurance you know um Mm -hmm. and really understanding their needs and help helping them meet their needs yes for sure oh my gosh especially with this new um almost a you know new awareness or appreciation for mental health yes Um, pandemic brought about that we are, we're, we're more open, we're becoming more open and therapy is becoming less stigmatized in Mm -hmm. some areas, um, which is really hopeful to see for me. I don't know if you've noticed the same thing. Yes, absolutely. And I have on my LinkedIn, I um, follow the Harvard Business Review, and they have articles very frequently about mental health in the workplace, um, and how it's important for business to acknowledge that that happens. Um, it affects the way people work, um, their attendance at work. Um, and then, of course, this whole transition working from home, um, while ideal in a lot of areas, it was also impact- negatively impactful in other areas. Um, and so that's important to consider that and look at that and understand what is it that uh, employees and customers need uh, when they're struggling with mental health. Hmm. Yeah, that when when I think of all the people who are now working at home, I I can't help but think of some coworkers who were generally older. Their kids had moved out of their house, mm-hmm. and yeah, um, going to work was the only socialization they got. Like those were the only people they saw, and so and you know I would ask them like, oh, what'd you do this weekend? Like, oh, nothing. Just that mm-hmm. at home. I just you know, and their friends are at work. And so it breaks my heart, like thinking of those people who are just, yeah. gosh, I'm alone every single day. Oh my gosh. That has to be so hard. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you think that a need for groups and group work and group support is going to be increasing over the next, you know, I don't know, a couple months, couple years? Yeah, I hope so. Um, that is, I love group work. Um, that is really valuable, uh, a really valuable process. Um, I mean, first of all, it's a way to treat a number of people in the same time frame, uh, but it's that um, community that they get from that, right? Like mm-hmm. they relate to each other. 
more, probably more than the therapist can relate or, or empathize with one client. Um, and knowing that they're not alone, they share each other's stories. So I hope um, that group work becomes a, a huge part of um, mental health treatment and that maybe uh, people who are hesitant to do therapy because it's so one-on-one uh, -on -one and personal that they might look at group work first, right? As a mm -hmm. way to, to dip their toe into therapy and, um, and then realize later if, if they would benefit from individual therapy that they would go that route too. Right. Yes. I can definitely see that happening because I think of people who wouldn't traditionally go to therapy like, I don't know, dads, right? You know, <laughs> but they might be open to going to a dad group, right? Where like vent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I don't know. Guy talk. I don't know what guys talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since a lot of the therapists are women mm -hmm. that, you know, groups seem like, like, um, a less intimidating, less stigmatized Absolutely. way. Yes. Get getting help. And, I always remember that AA is one of the most effective um, treatment programs that mm -hmm. the longest standing that, mm -hmm. you know, governments and court systems have taken notice of that. And I've heard right. that they want to, you know, start investing a little bit more into that because of the reasons that you listed. Mm -hmm. Definitely. If you're, if you're out there listening, consider group work. Um, there's definitely a need for it for sure. Yes, I a hundred percent agree. Well, thank you so much, Alicia. Did we, did we miss anything? Did we cover everything? I think so. I mean, that was a lot for sure. Um, but I'm available on LinkedIn, uh, for anybody that wants to follow up on or interested in getting an MBA and, um, yeah, I, I'm a huge advocate for it. I love social work. I will always be a social worker. Um, I'm trying to help people reimagine what a social worker is and where we can work. Um, so I really appreciate you and your podcast and inviting me on to talk about this. Um, and I hope it encourages your listeners. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much. And definitely tap the link in the show notes so you can connect with Alicia on LinkedIn. She is amazing. Thank you so much, Alicia. It was oh, a thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Social Workers Rise. If this episode helped you, please help me spread the word by leaving a review wherever you listen to your podcast and share that you're listening. Tag me on social media. I love it. I will repost and reshare. I love it. Social currency is free, but it is so valuable. Also, I'd love to hear from you on Instagram. I really do respond. I really do love it when you give me your feedback. Lastly, this is not therapeutic advice or business advice or any other kind of personalized advice. To get that, you definitely need me as your coach. So please, again, reach out to me on Instagram. I can't wait till next week. I will see you then. All the love. Bye.